that's a triple play. New episodes I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look, clock in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What's going on? And today we are here to hit you with our deep dive analysis on Tower of God, season two of the Webtoon chapters. What was it again? Uh, 53 to 64? Five. Five. <laughs> 53 to 65. Between the three of us, we'll ladies get it. We'll get it. Between the three of us, that's why three, three heads are better than one. Anyway. We are trying a new style today. So I said it in the live streaming, and I am uh, saying it again now for maybe anyone who just watches these deep dive analysis rather than the live stream. And this, if you didn't, though, I highly recommend that you do. These have just been getting better and better yeah, and better and better really fun. each and every time. Uh, so you won't regret it, I promise, getting our genuine reaction to it. But with that being said, we are going to try a new format today. Uh, as you see, we do not have the webtoon up here currently because we're trying to get ourselves in a rhythm. You'll see what I'm talking about. Instead of going through the entirety of what we read beat by beat and doing more of like a recap and a rehash, instead we've written down some of the key moments in our opinion and we asked some folks in our Discord after the stream what key moments that they wanted to hear about and kind of combine those two things in order to flesh out our thoughts on specific story beats within the chapters that we've read. So we're not going to be talking about every single thing. We're going to be talking about a couple key things. So if you want to have your voices and your opinion heard, I highly recommend that you uh, join the Discord and I highly recommend that you catch our streams. That way afterwards you will have the, f your opinion will be at the front of the line, essentially, right? Um, so that is how we're going to try this going forward. If you guys have any feedback or opinions or anything, let us know. Also, I will say this once, although I'll probably have to say it again. And I love you all, but I know I'm going to get at least one of these comments. With this being said, and being that I don't have a webtoon at my disposal, there may, no, there will be something that we miss. I promise oh, you. Sure. There will be some small thing that we miss. There will be something maybe within what we're talking about that we totally forgot. It happens. This is the price we pay to kind of give you more of an unfiltered thought and opinion rather than getting being guided by the story itself. We and just came off. We the don't cuff. want the episode to be two hours long. Exactly. <laughs> just came off the cuff of being live, so not everything is going to be you know there in yeah. our minds. There's a lot of shit to cover. We read like you know like fourteen chapter, twelve, fourteen chapters or whatever. So just throwing that out there. But anyway. If you guys like the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of these chapters? What did you think about our discussion on them? Make sure you guys are following us on the socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you can stay up to date. Mm -hmm. Make sure you guys are joining that community Discord, which is in the links in the description down below. If you want to support us in the final step, you can hit us up on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash AOA show. And finally, if you are listening to this in audio-only format, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc., Make sure you guys are throwing a follow on there. And if you didn't know, we are on audio-only podcast platforms as well. So definitely check us out there when you can't watch the video formats of this. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into the discussion. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about was Kuhn. Because why don't we want to talk about Kuhn? And a couple things with, with Kuhn. We want to talk about um, the fact that he's on a new team now, mm -hmm. his relationship with Wang Nan, his relationship with Dan after he kind of goes through that whole rigmarole, uh, his, him potentially doubting his new team and how he has to come to grips with some of the flaws that he has in, in, in with Facts. that doubt um, and things of that nature. So anyway, anybody have any thoughts they want to start us off? 
I just fucking love it, dude. I mean, we yeah. talked about it before this bunch of chapters, but just the idea of the dynamic between these guys. Because again, I think uh, Dan says it um, best where Kuhn isn't used to playing like this, right? Kuhn is used to having the best cards in his deck. He's used to having the table set exactly as he wants it. And even if it's not, he can rearrange it. He's got enough uh, space or legroom, so to speak, to rearrange it in a way that's a winning formula for him. Mm-hmm. But he is quite literally you know, for all intents and purposes, working with the bottom of the barrel here, right? He's got people for who, without Bam, would not be here. They would not be on this floor, and they would not be able to get up any higher. And so he is essentially working with a, what I think, a emotion or fear, for lack of a better term, that I don't think he's used to, which is doubt, right? He's yeah. he's He is genuinely worried that he might not be able to pass this test. And he even says it himself at one point. He's like, this is only the test for the 29th floor. Yeah. Like, in the, in the scale, that's nothing. But, yeah. like, I'm worried that I might not get past 29. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's interesting to see him grapple with that. And I think that's what this situation is leading itself to best, is forcing a lot of these characters who we sort of know and are put in place in, of certain archetypes to, like, grapple with and have to deal with emotions that they're not, you know, yeah. normally dealing with. Exactly. I think he does have one pro- – the the problem of doubt is a re- reoccurring in the sense that he definitely has a <coughs> lack of trust. Because we uh, we establish in the first season that because he can't trust others and he thinks too long, that's why like he needed teammates. Oh like sure, Rack. but so I don't I think but that I don't, surfaced itself slightly. But I think like him them. not trusting them is different than him not believing in his ability and their ability to like that's yeah, not yeah. those are different things. I guess there's yeah because like you can trust in someone's ability to pull through for you. You know what I mean? As much as you can trust that they won't lie. So I guess when I say trust, I mean it in that way where it's like you know what I mean? Like you don't trust that they are powerful enough to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Know, which is essentially doubt. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but definitely a trust issue in which Kuhn has struggled. I love his um, relationship with Wang Nan. Mm-hmm. Moreover, Wang Nan's relationship with him, if that makes sense, right? Because it's like Wang Nan's like, hey, Kuhn, <clears throat> I'm in this scenario again. Hey, Kuhn, can you break me out of this thing? Hey, Kuhn, what do I do? And they've been together for not even that long. Kuhn just like, dude, figure it out yourself. I don't know what to tell you. But it's interesting because Wang Nan has a lot of the qualities that Bam did and that Kuhn, although he deems him stupid, appreciates. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which I which I find to be interesting. Let's talk about him and Dan real quick. And Dan's just character development. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I I wholeheartedly had assigned Dan to role of pretty cool side character. I did I was not expecting any more from him. I was like, we're gonna get the I thought they were gonna get in that room. He was gonna be on like his dying breath and he's gonna be like fuck up Rachel for me and then just pass out. And it's like, well, we got another one to add to the list of why we want to kill Rachel. But like he survived. He's grown from this experience. And like he did the one thing that to his credit, I don't think like, like is just is, is a big man move, right? He, he was in this moment where he's like, look, the only reason Rachel did this to me is to prove is to make a point, right? She did this to prove that if somebody's in this position, that they've got nothing to face, but misery. He's like, but I'm not, I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to show her that, taking away my legs that taking away this part of my life is not what's going to break me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's an interesting parallel to Rachel herself who can't yeah. even get over her problems and demons. And exactly. that's like, and that is just what's refreshing to see because in exactly. some ways I feel like he knows it as well, which is obviously why she took out his legs to begin with because she doesn't 100%. even have her own tooth that she can stand on. So hundred percent it's, it's just fucking it's great. And I really am curious to see how he progresses with this story because again, he's like, He's like side guy number like two over there, you know, and although yeah. they're throwing some spotlight on him, I don't foresee him continuing really far throughout this series in general, just with everything that has to happen. But like 
he's also not just going to be left in the dust, I think. Like, they're going to put him in a good spot to where he has his moment and when he shines. Yeah, it gives, and I'm just really looking it gives off this it. idea. Again, uh, I think Dan is the one who has this line where he says, um, you know, Kuhn's not used to dealing with this kind of situation. He's used to using people, and then once they've outlived their usefulness, throwing them away. Exactly. Um, which is how he found Dan, literally, right? Yeah. He was like, oh, I need somebody who's this fast on my team. But, like, again, this the way that these circumstances are playing out alludes to this idea that these characters are people. They're not just mm-hmm. pawns, not puzzle pieces. They all have their own lives and feelings to grapple with, and that, like, those things, when they interact with each other, create the conflict of the story. And yep. I think that's so... It's such a cool idea because, one, it mirrors the whole ideology between people like Wang and Bam versus somebody like Kuhn, who it's like, look, if you don't learn how to play this game right, if you don't learn how to use people, you're not making the top of this tower. To where, as somebody like Wang might argue, or even Bam, at least in his earlier state, of like, is there a point, though, in getting to the top of that tower if you have to do that to people, especially people that you say you trust? And it's like, ugh, the way the story just beats its theme back into you yeah, is so yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. What um, what did you guys think of uh, Prince? Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, Chris, Prince and Nissan. Um, I know, I think the shout out smile was uh, hitting us up on the Discord. Oh, yes, we literally too. have a list. Yeah, of yeah. Shit. And, uh, and I think one of the things in there was has, has Prince grown on you? And I'm, uh, yes, he has. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's, like, it's not that it's like, oh, he's one of my favorite characters or whatever, but it's like coming from where he was, it's like, it'd be petty of me to like hold a grudge for that long. You know what I mean? He's an arrogant child. He's still arrogant as hell, but like, he has. It's interesting because you didn't see it at first, but he has a good heart now that he's been like he's been humbled, right? Yeah. And you've kind of like mm-hmm. chipped away at all those like pretty terrible qualities, and they're still there, and there's still something he has to contend with. But I do like how you know he was kind of, you know, being pretty abrasive in the way mm-hmm. that he was trying to help Missing, but he was still like, "I'm gonna help." You, right. right. It was right. like he did it in like the only way Prince knows how. Yeah. But it did very clearly stem from like. No, I do want to see her get over this and get better and not like I'm trying to attack yeah. her. Or yeah, and I feel like another thing that you got to be careful with when you're anal- ana- analyzing his character is that a lot of it doesn't stem from him himself as necessary as more of his upbringing because obviously, yeah, sure. you know, he point. has his father who's always been backing him, you know, who spoiled the living fuck out of him. Like, that is how he was raised and those are all of his experience that he has faced until he met his new team to where now he's realizing this isn't like, You can't just, he can't act the way he does normally act with everybody, you know? You need to be able to open up. You need to be able to make friends. And Mm. I feel like a lot of that that void and arrogance came from just being lonely and almost being on a pinnacle by himself where he just associates everybody down below him. And now that he's like, now he's been dropped down a peg forcefully to be on their level. And he's starting to understand it and get that dynamic of just being a normal fucking human being who isn't an asshole, you know? And of course him being on top of people is going to come naturally because again, that's his personality from his upbringing. But like it is slowly being chipped away, like you mentioned, and it's refreshing to see because he is not being so stubborn to the fact to like not grow as a person. He's really taking it on and really trying to better himself, even if he doesn't realize it, like it's starting to affect him in a more positive light. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's again, just this callback to like the way this team works, because I think Mm -hmm. like what is so great about them while they might be, you know, stereotypically the underdogs, as far as their skills and statistics and stuff, like they make each other grow and they, they fill out all those, you know, perfect anime moments, if you want to call it that, where Mm -hmm. it's like they, everybody in this team has something they can learn from each other. And like together, this team, probably doesn't work well together, but it's the only way like that they're going to get through this tower because they, they literally need each other, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like Wang's optimism or it's, you know, Prince's, you know, 
ideology or, or, you know, whoever it's like they, everybody has something that like when put side by side, you know, and again, it's the way this, the tower is structured, right? When you have like all these different positions, it's like everybody in this team, if everybody's doing their job and everybody is helping each other, I like they're, they're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like him. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's, uh, I, yeah. he's he definitely grown on me. Yeah. Definitely. So let's talk about Bam Squad real <laughs> yeah, quick, careful. or Jewel Viol Grace, who Sith Lords. basically <laughs> has been inculcated into just the Sith the Empire. Empire, yeah. <laughs> and like so many Star Wars references this stream, just yeah, in yeah. general, there were so many things. And like, could you blame us? Like, oh, like they are literally doing the thing on a ship, like it's on a floating insane. ship. It's insane. Yeah, dude. Like, first of all, the one guy that meets him with the fucking the the humanoid face mask, the you know the the silver mask, mm-hmm. the guy, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mr. Flex. Reflex. Yeah, I'm just calling him Flex. Uh, fucking that guy was just entering. It's interesting. He's walking around like full garb, full robes, and he's like, "All right, bam, you're my master, though." And it's like clearly that guy's incredibly powerful because when Novik went to go fuck with him, <laughs> yeah. he literally just had to stare at him, yeah. and Novik was like, "Nope, I'm off. I backed yeah. off." Whereas like Novik, you got to think, it like was willing to fight Bam right mm-hmm. with like you know what, fuck it right with this guy. He didn't even throw a punch. He was like, "Not nope, stepping off." Yeah. Right. So it's like we don't know that guy's power level, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, like it's like he's pretty fucking strong himself. And That's then, true. I do think know? Bam's team, though, like the you know benefit, if you want to call it that, is like a lot of these guys are just straight up trained killers, right? Yeah. Like they will gut your throat without even blinking. And it's mm-hmm. like, whereas if Novik were to go at Bam and he's like, ah, right, I think I can take this guy. It's like one, he did think that he he didn't have the fact, like he didn't know who Bam was. True, true, true. Um, and two, Bam has never, except for in that fight, actually, I would argue really ever come at somebody in a fight with the straight intent to kill them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, again, these, like these guys are not fucking, they're coming out mm-hmm. here for blood. If they come at you, it's to end your yeah, life. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, when you yep. get that killing intent, it's like, Oh, this <laughs> means business. Yeah. yeah well, like, not only that, I think it's really important. The fact that we didn't see too many of them in the chapter, whatever the gun, the loading thing, because yeah, yeah. if they did integrate them in some way, I feel like it would have almost just like, obviously they're saving them for the, the workshop. The, like yeah. that's like the pinnacle, but like, we know their mindset and how they are, like how strong they are individually. And if they, if they are integrated in a format like it is, where a lot of it was almost individual in a sense, where you can work as a team, but everybody was split up. Yeah. yeah. If they were planted in random spots, it would have been game over, dude. Like if SIU decided, like I'm gonna put this guy here, this guy here. Like we know their power scale has to be stupidly strong. So if you're not able to fight them in a team setting, which they weren't able to in this fight, there's no way to beat them, like yeah, physically. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing where Bam's team, it's full of individual people who have so much power, but we don't know how they're going to work as a team, if they are even capable of working as a team, because right. we don't know their mindset and how, if they're too cocky, if they're arrogant, if they just try to like one-man army everything. So it's interesting how sure, you see yeah, yeah. SIU's mindset with that in or terms of like keeping even, them out of this whole you know arc. In even general. later in this couple of chapters, we get you know the moment with the fight between Shibasu's team and Bam's mm-hmm. team, um, where his teammate is quite literally on a whim, ready to throw his life away just to block an attack from Bam. True, yeah. and it's like so again, it alludes to this idea you're talking about, where it's like these guys may be strong together, but they've got no sense of unity. Where it's like we just got to prioritize Bam. Yeah, that's it. Like that's the whole strat. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not going to win yeah. you guys anything though, because you're all just going to get picked off then if you're you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like again, where somebody like I feel like Wang's team is like literally like knows how to go through the ringer for mm-hmm. each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How about the fact that Horyang's alive? 
Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. That was considering the stream before, right? We, we, we were we were like dead. fucking chalked. We were all choked up about that shit, dude. Yeah, we're like, yeah. oh man, that was so sad. Blah blah blah. And, he's <laughs> and I back. love how like SIU will do this thing where it's like the first panel you see is him like in bed, and he's like, oh, and it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. How about like a what's up, nigga? Like I'm alive. Like I <laughs> yeah, thought you were dead, bro. Of any what, you're just taking a nap. Like yeah. okay, that's cool. You know, and then Casano is like, oh, I brought you back, and he's like, whoa, what do you mean you brought me back, bro? Like fucking explain yourself, and he's like. Hold on, bro. Like, Miss Smith or whatever the fuck her name is, Sophia, um, is waiting for us, which is another thing because it's like. uh, You're hitting us with two, right? It's like Target Price of One, dude. He's not. Part of me thinks that Fug or whoever the fuck is using Casino is just using Sophia as a way to control him. And so he's then, by extension, being like, yo, they got Sophia. Like, we got to work with them. But it's like, nah, nigga, Sophia's like dead or not coming or whatever. Like, you know, they're just using, you know, that connection you have. That or it was a part of Fug this whole time, like we mentioned back in the last chapters, where yeah. where like who was running all of these tests to begin yeah, with? Because know. by Fug- association, she would be a part of Fug in some sense. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean that her if loyalty is one hundred percent. If experiment, yes, which if they like, was, yeah, it's so crazy to think how far Fug really stretches throughout this tower, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like how high it goes. Uh, I'm gonna assume that guy that we see for quite literally like two panels, <laughs> who's like. I'm not human or whatever, and there's a dude smoking the cigarette. Yeah. Um, You're talking to the radio? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like, you know what I mean? I don't know where that guy is in relation to, you know, the tower and then Jihad by extension, or, like, if he even know, like, you know what I mean? It's it's so crazy that this tower literally feels like another world, yeah. where it's like yeah. whole sections of this tower live differently than other whole sections yeah. of this yeah. tower. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, this fog, I think what's interesting about Fug as a group is that their whole goal here, right, is to, is to usurp Jihad. But I think in essence of trying to operate under this mentality of like, it's going to take a whole village to kill a king yeah. is not putting into account that like the whole village might not agree with the same strat on how to kill yes, the king. And yes. so like Fug might end up stretching itself too far and incorporating one too many elements where you have like people like Bam and Jin Sung who are like, yeah, let's kill Jihad because of what he did. And then you got... Chicks like Shasha, who are just kind of zealots and crazy and fucking want to blow everything up for the name of, of Fug. And, you know, so it's like, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that this strategy might end up being their downfall. You know what I mean? If they're not mm-hmm. careful going forward. I guess in a sense. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that that's the whole thing is, can they actually fall down at this point, though, or in the future? Because ultimately their target is Jihad. You know, like, I feel like it can't fall. F- like, it can fall fat later on, but it's going to take a long fucking time to yeah. it. And, like. I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to see on that. How about the the heavenly figure that was the uh, test director? Yeah, I guess, yeah, for the, the workshop uh, or whatever. Workshop? Yeah. Anyone who uses the line "come hither," <laughs> I already know that I should be wary of you in yeah. every way, shape, and Anyone form. Anyone fucking ad libbing the Bible? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, like, what do you yeah, got yeah, going yeah, on? Here? It's like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, I don't trust him, but he definitely seems interesting, and I could only picture his voice as like, you know, like. Come with me, yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. see the Some lights type thing. I am enlightened. Yeah, yeah, thing. And I'm very <laughs> interested to see that dude's deal because you're just like, all right, like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell what is up the with fuck you? is up? Yeah, um, that guy was interesting. One of the other comments we had from Smile here is, uh, who do you guys think would have won the Anak versus Rand fight if they didn't get interrupted? Uh, well, they would have shot each other. It was yeah, a draw. That, I think it was just a it flat draw. It was literally draw. a draw. Have, That's what... I don't know, I, man. They both had the gun pointed at yeah. the same fucking time. I don't know. So they, yeah, they kind of made it crystal clear on that one. Yeah, Did they though. Pretty, pretty <laughs> they made it pretty clear because we were embedding about this. We were or saying our yeah. thoughts. 
I was like, dude, I think it's going to be a draw. Like, cause I can't picture one. Like literally dude, they were just like tit for tat. I think that I kind of feel like it would have been like a spinning cycle where it's like, it could have been that yeah. moment. Wouldn't have been the end. If bam had come in. Yeah. So, like if he wasn't there, they would have like, I don't know. That's Nock what I'm saying. Maybe off the wall and jump. I don't know. Even then you know? I feel like in it would that, have been pretty neck and neck. Like to the point where set, it's hard to In that it. set scenario with the gun, I think mm. the fight is a draw through and through. But okay, I think, think like, in a fisticuffs fight where it's like you go until you die, mm -hmm. I think a knock wins. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because it was kind of clear that Ran had to resort to very, like, tactical strategies, which, fair enough, that might be part of your fighting style, but, like, a knock just kind of seems like an actual unit. Like, in that fight, she gave me the vibe where it was like every time Rand did something to try and pull an underhanded trick, a knock was so powerful that the second she realized it, she was able to reverse it, not out of any sort of scheming, but just because she's that strong. So yeah. I think if it's a fight to the death, Rand has to find a way to, like, continuously trick a knock and like pick her like chip her down gradually I, whereas like if a knock it like sees through the bullshit or yeah. gets like a solid minute really with him like, she's gonna win that's my opinion. i i agree that it's definitely more of like a time game where yeah. it's like if the only way ran wins that fight is if he can come out the gate and like really put a pin in her like if he if he gets to a point where like he can chip her down and whittle away at her and yeah. get her because I think that's a Knox thing is like I don't want to use the term glass cannon but like she's a powerhouse going in but she definitely loses drops energy significantly the longer the fight goes on and like you can just straight up tire her out where it's like then we know with Rand's level of, of battle intellect and like strategic thinking he could probably pull out a win then but he's got to last that long yeah it could go either way but I guess yeah. based off what we saw and I could be dead wrong if they ever fight again or this happens but I just felt that a knock had overwhelming superiority in actual might. Yeah. Whereas obviously Ran was a little more tactical in in his approach. He had yeah. to be, but like if he didn't have that tactic, you know what I'm saying? Like if he gets caught once, right. it seemed Time like he was side. pretty fucked, yeah. but that's just my opinion. I don't know. What, what do you think, think Gavin? Gavin? Gavin's been making looks mm. over this whole time. Mm. He's like, hmm. I don't know. It, it's weird because it's one of those things where it's like, Almost like brute versus intellect in a sense, where obviously Anok's able to counter it, but if, again, we don't know if Ran also had another plan on the back burner. True. Like, you know, in, in those cases, tactic tends to win just over, like, straight brute like brute force with, net, like, less knowledge, especially if he's, like, able to comprehend the situation and know all external factors. I mean, it's kind of like you're comparing him to Kuhn because technically he is a Kuhn. So, like, how far does that intellect go and that battle knowledge go to where he's able to then turn the tables again because we didn't see it because it was called by fucking Viola, you yeah, know, because yeah. you didn't know if maybe he had some other fucking scheme up his, like, sleeve but just pulled out. True, they're, yeah, they could have. They're yeah. definitely, you know, like, a pairing that's, like... They're very fucking interesting. neck and neck. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, depending on the circumstances, either one can exactly. win any it, it literally could come yeah. down to where they are fighting. Exactly. Like if it's in a building or whatever. But yeah. I, I guess I was just saying like if you're taking like flat <coughs> landscape. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're literally just putting them in like box. Open field. We're going to, what's the Smash Brothers? The Sma Final Destination. Oh, on yeah, Smash yeah, 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 if yeah. we're putting them on Final, Desti <laughs> Final Destination, uh, my money's on a knock. Yeah. But if we're putting them on like any other map, then it's potential that, it's, yeah, that it goes the other way. That's just, that's my thoughts personally. But that was a sick fight. It was. In general, you know. You know what I mean? They were just, they were neck and neck. Um, real quick, let's talk about the traveler real fast because this mm -hmm. is when, well, actually, before we even get to the traveler, let's talk about, because we kind of move from this point that, you know, we're training, we're doing everything we got to do. We get to the ship, name evades me at the moment. And, you know, um, and Archimedes. Archimedes. Archimedes or something like yeah, that, Archimedes. What, whatever. 
Um, and Dorsey's on TV at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're doing all Pro this team stuff. Is, I think. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're pretty well known. Everyone's simping for Dor- Dorsey. Like, geez, dude, everyone is simping for Dorsey. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, well And, uh, I mean, yeah, I can't blame him. But, um... Then the next test fires up, as per usual. It has to be some like crazy bullshit that no one was and it's expecting. Like right when you don't expect it, you exactly. know, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go to sleep, and tomorrow starts a test." And they're like, actually, yeah. while you guys are waiting, um, here's the test. Go. And it's like, yeah. ah, and it's always all off of someone with the thought. Literally, Coon going, "They're making us. Why? Why be here two days sooner?" Yeah. And then not even without skipping a beat. It's like, oh, test starting now. Yeah. It's fucking ten o'clock. It's like, never. Right. T- it, it's. Just always think it's if it's too good to be true. Yeah, it's never too a dull good moment. to be true. Yeah, that's it. So, um, so we get into the test, right? And basically, the test is explained as we have two hundred and forty-eight tickets, roughly, for the ship to transport you <laughs> to, exactly the, the to the thing. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah. It, right? okay. I didn't know if it was eight or six. So you know, we have this many tickets, and you each get a gun, etc. You got the light bullet, the dark bullet. You could steal one. You could shoot your teammates. You could do whatever. Blah blah blah. You guys know the drill. Then we get into the test. Now, at this point, it gets. Everyone goes on these like divergent paths because everyone has a different role to play in this test. And I mean, everyone down to the individual level and down to the team level, which is very interesting, which we, that's probably going to be us fleshing all of this out for the remainder of the episode for the most part. Um, But let's start with the traveler because the first, one of the first people we see is Bam who notices that there is a dude running from these robots, Mm -hmm. essentially these Mm -hmm. patrol people. Um, so it was interesting cause you know, a, we don't know who the hell he is and we didn't know about the existence of these patrol bots. So then bam comes down, dismantles that one with ease. That's when they send a level 31 up. Mm-hmm. And basically we learned that, okay, they get harder as you kill them because they're like, yeah, there's some pretty interesting people here. So we should probably be careful. That's when the traveler leads bam down into this area where he's like, okay, we're going to make a trap for him. And that's when he gets to know bam for bam even in that very short yeah, moment that's right? true i yeah. think that arguably like that moment where he's with this total stranger is where bam got to be the most bam that we knew mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. in a in a long time since he mm-hmm. was uh you know fucking shoved off by that snake yeah because yeah. he didn't say my name is jewel viol grace he said mm-hmm. my name is the 25th bam and it's like that's very sketchy for you to be saying right now you know just in general although we do know that like in that whole test, essentially, literally everybody is literally like when later when Endorosi mentions Jewel Vial's name, mm. that even the traveler knows who that name is just by notoriety. So I think he doesn't use the name even just if it's because he's like, well, I can't use Jewel Vial. He'll, he'll probably know who Very the fuck true. I am and report me. So Very like true. he has to use the only other name he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have just went by like John Smith or just some like <laughs> just some alter ego. Yeah, Gavin, but. he could have, but John Smith's not his fucking other name. It's Bam, all right? <laughs> Bam's like, I couldn't think that quick. <laughs> um, so. It's interesting with the Traveler, right? Because we realize for this test, there are some items that can be accrued. And this mm-hmm. is always something cool because, like, the gamer side comes out in me. It's like, ooh, bonus objective, yeah, and I get yeah, a cool yeah. item. Give you know the loot. I mean? <laughs> are we farming for this? Yeah. So they're like, okay, if you win the test, like, you get this incredible item. And if you do some other side thing, you get an item too. But we realize through the Traveler that the, the item for winning this test is a human being. And not only I'm is sure it a human yeah. being, it's, well, at least according to him, it's, it's the love of his life. So that's interesting yeah. and complicates things, you know, <laughs> it just in general. Of course. So, like, I don't know how we feel about that. Like, who is that? Oh, wait, thing? they said the traveler said the love of his life? Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, yes. then it's Emily. Who now? Emily. Why am I drawing a blank? Emily, oh, that's the one that's shit. on his phone. Remember when we went back oh to the panels God, back Gavin, to where. Brain blast. Yeah. Because I, last I didn't even chapter, read that. Yeah. Or not last chapter, but last, last time when yeah. Emily was introduced, the traveler was the one texting her 
saying, I know, like, you're a person. I know, like, he yeah. was the one talking her up. And then there was that panel of her in yeah. the thing. Oh, and, and he's like, I'm like, going to come up the tower for you. Oh, I forgot who the God. fuck Emily was. I'm like, who? And then, yes. okay, so the chick's like, you'll Holy never be shit. human like that. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That that's why when right. he said that, I was like, wait, it was that is the, the love play. of his life. I was like, yeah, then it's out. Yeah. That is oh, the play. Because he, oh, oh my yeah. God. I forgot that that Traveler was the same name used. Connecting the dots. Having Cole. Lord Haven coming in clutch. Lord Haven coming in clutch. That was good. Okay, so then that's her. Yeah. So we'll get to see what. <laughs> All right, point wrapped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to the next one. What you got next? SIU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess Fuck this whole know. story. <laughs> Give me something challenging for once. Yeah. Uh, Gavin, what is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the dude's name with the long hair? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. That's very yeah. interesting. That's fucking crazy. Something else I just wanted to bring up real quick uh, that smile here on this note here is that uh, Verdi is before I was tossing around who she was, mm. but like. Alludes to the fact that she's an, that she's in anima, which is basically the same thing that rice ball is, which is people that can control uh, and manipulate uh, like animals and things through shinsu, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. And now makes me think, well, fuck, dude, if she's even got like a quarter of rice ball strength, like we know that like if you're not at least curd on levels of strength, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> I mean, rice ball could probably put a lot of the people in this group to shame. I mean, I don't know about now because everybody's had significant time to train and yeah, shit, yeah, but yeah. like. She's clearly a menace, bro. She dismantled, I mean, I don't know what this is saying, Me Sing and Prince fairly quickly. Um, they were probably the weakest of the group, if I'm, yeah. you know. But, but she like, does say, oh, with when Horyang comes up, where it's like, ah, we got to go. Like, I'd love to have fun with you. Yeah. And we know Horyang being the devil's right arm. And if he's on the same level as, like, Casano, who beat the shit out of Hots, which we will get to in yeah. a second. But that's like the whole thing. that's eventually she cucked Bam because her anima thing also put the ring on his finger yeah. that prevented him from using Shinsu. So, that's like, true. But it's that's got more of an ability. I feel like ta- what Tower God does great, though, is, like, she she would say something like that to Teddy, but like not knowing who Teddy really is. Howard God does this thing where that's it's like true, two people will start true. fighting, and it's like, look at this fucking Claude. Yeah, I could yeah, be his yeah. ass, and you find out like you're like, oh wait, that's oh shit. Like, people you know what in the mean? tower it's like, steady on that bullshit. Yeah, they're yeah. Where it's like nobody, shit, yeah. everybody's willing to talk shit, but nobody really knows who anybody is until it's, it's too late, and you talk too much shit. But yeah. like, yeah, I definitely, regardless, feel like she can clearly hold her own. Um, I don't honestly think Shibasu and, and them would have kept her around. If she I mean, couldn't. even Kuhn was scared of her. Like, yeah, he ran that's away. True. He was like, fuck that, dude. I'm, no, no. Yeah, Bucky's he was immediately like, like yeah. Wang Nan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, again, like, what's Wang Nan going to do against her? But, like, yeah. he was like, bro, you got to get out of there. Like, you're dead if you, yeah, you yeah. know, intervene. Which, which is interesting, too, leads me into a next point. We were talking about people's motivations. And not just on an individual scale, but on a team scale mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have three teams. Um, and then we also have Rack, who is split off with Paracule or pickle from his squad as well. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to get all of their all of their motivations, right? Because Shibasu's squad is stated doesn't even want to win the test. Yeah. They just want revenge for, for Kuhn, Kuhn, right? Yeah. Because this is like their, you know, no man left behind type thing who they think Jewel Viol Grace has killed essentially. So yeah. that was very relevant. But then you mm-hmm. get people on, you know, kind of more of a micro level like your Verde and stuff like that who are like, "Oh, I want to make dolls out of these people and I want to do like all this kind of stuff." And you know, it's it's very interesting to get everyone's like individual motives um within 100%. this, right? Yeah. And then we get Bam Squad who needs Bam to ascend at any means necessary, and then we get Coon Squad who wants to save Bam. Yeah. You know what I mean? But While then it's also like navigating Shibasu team. Dig a little bit further, it's like you even have cross sections where you've got Ryun, yes. who's a prior member of Fug working yep. with Coon to like secretly pull Bam out of this secondary unit that he's been like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many intersecting and even the fact that Kuhn is now working with 
Wang Nan and that whole team, which was an initial secondary unit that Bam sectioned off, which is like technically all working, overlapping with Shibisu, yeah. who's partnered with Kung. Like, every, there's fucking, it's a literal, it's one of those charts, dude, with the fucking red, like, you know. Yeah. Sh- it, it's crazy. There's so many, like, it is wild. multiple parts at play. Dude, mm-hmm. I want to say Shibisu's squad, too, is like not to be fucked with. Because somebody asked okay. us during the stream, they were like, well, whose team would you bet on, like, if, if it was up to you passing this test? And, like, you know, putting all biases aside and things like that, if we had to look at this in the objective here, like, you Dude. know, I was saying, I was saying personally, you know, like, plot aside that, like, Shibitsu's team is, like, no joke, dude. You know what's funny? I, like, said Kuhn because he's perfect um, <laughs> when we started, like, during the stream. But, like, it's funny. I In my head, I'm like, you know what? I was like, Shibitsu's team could pull this out. But I in my head, I'm like, but I need them to, like, just prove it to me. And I think this test kind of proved it to me. Yeah. Like, if they get in a room yeah. with somebody, provided that somebody is not Bam, yeah. um, like, and they, almost they that him, too. They if Bam him didn't have his uh, his thorn, that's too, because they effectively had him beat. That's at true. that point. That's you know? true. I don't know. I, I, well, actually, that's it's good you bring that up because that was yeah. the next thing I was going to bring up. Um, but because it also ties into like I don't know. So this whole the, the whole latter half of that test does this thing right where Bam quite literally has to is forced to interact with all of his old uh, teammates in some form of capacity sure, sure. and for the sake of keeping up the identity here has sure. to like get rid of them or or play up the whole Jewel Viola Grace thing um, and it's like I don't know that that power that he got you know at the very beginning that Jin Chong sure. either gave to him or or he you know showed him how to get or whatever. Um, we don't know what the fuck it is. It literally has not been alluded to once. The time that we saw it is the only time it's mentioned, other than actually when Teddy like sort of brings it up. Sure. Um, but we don't know anything about it. We don't know the stipulations. We don't know what triggers it, if anything triggers it, if Bam can do anything about triggering it, if it's like, you know what I mean? And so like well, every Bam time- can't, he can't control it. That was already alluded to though with Teddy Bear. Remember no, I, I know, but I'm saying like if he can do something like putting himself in a circumstance like to draw it out. Like I, like I, we don't know what- we don't know enough about this thing to know if it solely acts on its own and like doesn't isn't doing anything associated with Bam, or if there are things even indirectly that Bam can do to like you know what I mean like you know excited or like trigger or whatever. Um, but my point is that like there's every time Bam is put in a scenario where it's like all right we got him like let's get him I'm like now like oh, shit <laughs> like yeah. is this is this where he like cut because I don't know also if he. You know, we didn't get to see a lot of it when mm. it first showed its, itself. But, like, in that initial moment, like, I don't know if, like, Bam was in control enough to where he wouldn't have just killed everybody on that floor. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, is it a thing where Bam loses himself once that thing, like, takes form or whatever? It's yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. That's inter- And yeah. that's initially what I thought the thing mm. was. But then I forgot that it was the thorn, yeah. which I'm guessing is, like, just another kind of weapon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the piece that bri- that bridges the gap because that form that Bam has inside of him, I'm pretty sure it became pretty apparent that he can't control it, and that's the thing where it's almost like a fear of his for it to come out because he doesn't know what will happen because that's how it came out the last time was when he was literally down, and it was like a fucking like reviving you know thing that just came from his body. So in a sense, if they're going to cuck him like they did in this episode, they needed something to bridge the gap of so, like an ability that's within his control, but is able to get him out of shitty situations without relying on whatever entity is in that body. And that is why this thorn is introduced because it is well within his grounds to control this, whatever you want to call it. But he like, he's able to manipulate it and be in control. Whereas whatever's inside of him isn't able to. And that is what's going to play even more of a role later on to when he gets into a shitty fight to where he is down. And that is going to like overtake him and then, yeah, you know, yeah. really just wreak havoc. 
And then, you know, him coming out of that state and then being like, what do I do with myself? And That's maybe true. then leading on to the foundation of can I control it? How do I control it? Who do I go to to figure that out? You know, like right. that's how I think the direction that he's going and why the thorn was introduced to kind of give him something like in the middle to where it's within his control um, to really just settle fights that he can. Yeah, otherwise. I think it also works as like a practical element because he doesn't need Shinsu to use it. Which is a big that's deal it. for Bam because he's a wave controller. Exactly. His primary method of fighting is only using Shinsu. Sure. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're like, oh, dude, we capped this guy, bro. We, he can't use Shinsu. So it's like it kind of gives him a literal get out of jail for free sure. card in sure. the sense that he can fight without worrying about whether his Shinsu gets capped off or not. Yeah. Exactly. And his abilities put on display were just insane, insane. where he was able to catch the mm -hmm. B dude stinger and mm -hmm. like do all this kind of crazy shit. Yeah. I wonder, it though, was... if this Thor, I mean, because again, it's not very specifically alluded to in these chapters if it's a thing that merely enhances bam's abilities at base value or if it's almost something that like acts on its own and uses bam's body as like and like guides bam's body that's to an interesting things. thought you know i mean? was because thinking something i was similar. thinking of that moment when he catches the b thing and i wonder if it's something where it sped up his reaction timing yeah, to be able yeah. to catch it or if it literally acted on its own and moved sure, his hand to catch sure. it because he wouldn't be able to do it on its own that's an interesting thought hmm. yeah i've i've uh, thought and about i also kind of well. wonder if there's like more pieces to it because yeah. I don't know why, because uh, she, as it, I don't know if it's Shibasu or somebody else, alludes to the fact that when that it red stick too. is sticking out of his his uh, back, mm -hmm. that it alluded, it looked like Teddy, Correct. right? It looked like the wing from yes. the devil's right arm. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there's like multiple parts to it that Bam can end up either getting more of or growing this thing to increase, and like yeah. it ends up becoming like a fucking, you know, I don't know, like yeah, that would like be interesting. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> but they, they were awesome skills displayed there. And then the B guy makes the classic like, haha, I poison your teammate, but you do have five minutes if you catch me because I have honey. And Bam's like, all right, bet. So then he yeah, yeah, it just does that, and yeah. it's like, you, you, give me the honey. Yeah, yeah, give me the honey. But um. Yeah, and also to like we'll circle back to this in a second, but Bam finding uh, Enderosi as well mm, was interesting yes. when they were, um, you know, him and the Traveler were there, and he's like, and when he called her a tank, and then yes, she's yes. like, "You're calling me a fucking tank." Now like, this was interesting was because so actually funny. going back a little bit further, there's a moment that Enderosi has with her team um, where she basically makes this like you know little acting ploy that she's caught a bunch of paparazzi mm -hmm. units and that they were just trying to take pictures of her and they want information on Jewel by All Grace, but actually. She was using the pop, the, these paparazzi to get specific whereabouts as to where Jewel Viola Grace was um, because she was trying to identify and look for this person by herself. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is something, again, alluded to. I don't remember specifically who says it, but the fact that since Bam's death, Enderosi's kind of been in like this, you know, haywire yeah, she state. Keeps going off on her own. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it's definitely, like, there's definitely, you know, amongst Shiba Su and everybody that wants to get Jewel uh, because they, you know, allegedly think he killed Kuhn. Um, you know, she clearly has, like, some personal stakes in this. She's definitely taken some of this to heart mm -hmm. and, like, wants whether she thinks she can get answers from this guy about Bam or what have you, um, which is interesting because, uh, alluding back to that interview, when Enderosi and her team are on the thing, they all allude to being like, yeah, Jewel Viola Grace, he's, like, cool. I, guess. I don't really know anything or care about him. And it's like, and Kuhn is watching the TV and he even says, he's like, wow, they're all terrible liars. Like, <laughs> they all want to kill that nigga so bad. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious, yeah. I wanted to get into... Shibasu. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about this man. Yeah. Because, like, holy fuck, did he blow me away yeah. in these chapters. Like, he was... if you've seen our tier list that we made at the end of season one talking about our favorite characters, we actually, we put him in S tier, uh, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah, we did. And for good reason. And he kind of gave me the Wang Nan vibe, to be honest with you. He was, like, the original Wang Nan before we got Wang Nan, right? Sure. To yeah, me. Definitely. And now, though, like, dude... 
he's got his chest high. <laughs> he's got this look of like, I will fuck you up. He's intelligent. He understands his team yeah, fully. It's like, it's, it's like actually incredible, dude. It's like crossed with um, Kuhn's attitude a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like a fusion of the two where it's like, he's, I still think, again, he's got that like core Shibasu season one personality mm-hmm. in there. Sure. But it's been like encased almost, if you will, in this, in what I believe to be just his experiences of going up the towers, right? He's fully fleshed out into his role of a scout now. He knows mm-hmm. what he's got to do. He knows what he's about. Mm-hmm. He knows how to use his team. And first and foremost, he's willing to like do shit, whatever it takes to get to the top of the tower. I mean, we get to those paparazzi dudes and they're like, all right, we got, we got the bullets. What do you do? He's like, shoot them all. Like we got to, and it's like, he was, yeah. my nigga. Like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, man. Tense. Like, oh yeah. He's even that altercation he has with Bam. It's just, again, this idea that like he is not, mm-hmm. and none of these characters really, when you think about it, um, feel, you know, exactly the same as when we, before we yeah. lost Bam. It's I like love that, that shot thing. of, um, when he, when he has a uh, Amigo next to him Yeah, and he yeah. just comes up and he just looks at him like, I will fuck you up. I don't care. Yeah. He's like, oh, so you're just, like, he doesn't even yeah. care. It's crazy. Yeah. Like we made old a, what is it? Our mob boss. Sh- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. literally yeah. like a gangster, bro. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about at the end of that fight too, where, um, bam basically is like, I have nothing to live for. At the end of that, that was sad. Yeah, we were. We th- I threw it up in the in our Discord about like what were people's highlights of these couple chapters, and like one of the saddest moments was like literally, literally the last like five minutes of the stream, those last couple of pages of the of that last chapter, because it's yeah. like mm-hmm. with with Bam sort of admitting to himself that he's like, there's really no point in doing what I'm doing anymore, or like living my life anymore, and mm-hmm. like Coon hearing that, Rack <coughs> being adjacent and realizing now that Coon is alive as meaning there's no reason for him to be going after this jewel by old grace guy. And on top of all that, we have like the very, very end reveal where it's like just in that five minutes, we were hit with like so much just knowledge dump, you know, like knowledge dump for us, but also for other characters, Mm -hmm. which is important Mm -hmm. because uh, again, like I've specified like these, this show works off the premise that like all of these and specifically, I think this arc, the conflict is so great because it works off the premise that everybody has a piece of the same story, but nobody has the same pieces or yeah. nobody has all the pieces really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it leads to this like natural conflict so well because everybody's trying to figure out what's going on, but like the way that they use knowledge to sort of corrupt and, and, and manipulate people, it's like, but yeah. slowly when people are starting to find out these, tr- these truths or you see these moments where like, real characters like get to interact on like a cut the bullshit kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, like where you coon gets to hear Bam say that and like Rack sees Coon and like Enderosi finding out that this dude might be Bam. It's like Yeah. Oh, fuck and I think man, what makes it even more entertaining is that there's so many conflicts that are happening side by side. It's not being fixated on just one conflict that's occurring, which is really the downfall for most shows where it's like we gotta do this one thing all right, let's run it for 100 episodes of just you getting to the pinnacle of that one conflict, where in this one, literally in one chapter, there's 20 different conflicts going on at the same time, and one doesn't even necessarily need to be resolved in some light to where it's just put on the back burner and, like, taken back up in a couple more chapters. Like, it's all just so free-flowing and connects so well, and you're never sitting there reading at the point where you're just like, when are they going to get this over with? Or when is this going to get fleshed out? Or when is that, like you're not annoyed that they're just repeating the same things, like going through the same conflicts. Like it, you almost get used to when you watch anime that you, they're just running through the motions when you're like, all right, I know they got to get, they just got to get these chapters out. They got to get these shows out just to lead up to the next point where this one, 
it's not the case at all. Everything is happening so scatterbrained, but it's also very organized to the fact that you're not bored and you're not left sitting there going, I just want you to get to this like resolution already. Like you're yeah. just along. It for makes the, ride. the world feel really like lived in. Yeah. Like um, the weird moment I had when we were reading is in the fight between Anak and Ran. There was a moment where um, Ran says, oh, fuck. Well, she's got uh, some of Jahad's blood after all, even mm-hmm. if it's only half. Mm-hmm. That moment after I read that, it made me in my head think I'm like, huh, I wonder what Rand's opinion is of the princesses of Jihad. Yeah. And, like, that's when I knew. I'm like, yo, this show is, like, kind of fucking good because it made <laughs> me stop in the middle of the action to consider Rand's thoughts on another topic about the world that's, yeah. like, not, like, and it's, like, that's, all these characters feel like they're real people that live and exist in this world and have their own shit mm-hmm. doing and going on and, and like, all those, that's why those, all those conflicts work because they all feel mm-hmm. like they're coming from real people who's like, well, wait a minute, what the fuck? I got this going on. And yeah. it's, like, Ah, it just works. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How about um, how about we talk about Hots and, uh, Hots and his for fight Hots. with Casano? Gavin, you seem like you have some thoughts. He had us in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> He's like a sports announcer. He's like, they came out strong in the first half, yeah. but uh, he really just whittled down at the end. And when we were doing the live reaction, like, don't get me wrong, it was hypey, but I even made a comment. I'm like... Yeah, when, whenever, like, someone's coming out swinging hard, like, just in any fight, yeah, and, like, the, nothing's happening back on him, like, it's yeah. either two things are going to happen. One, they're going to, you know, he's obviously going to take a couple hits back, and then they're going to go into the real fighting, or you're just going to get one <laughs> shot iced, and it was the latter on that one, and, like, that was the thing where, as they were fighting, you kind of expect it, because I'm like, yo, they're letting my boy get some, like, slick hits on him. They're explaining it very well. Like they're they're pumping him up to his attacks and why he's able to like choreograph him properly and pull him off, especially coming off the back of their previous fight and him just getting obliterated, which was said by Shibasu. And, you know, it was it was nice because you're like, all right, he's got this. You know, he's good. He's been training for however many years. He's been putting his nine to five in with an extra overtime hour or two, and he's just going ham. But my boy Castano just isn't really doing anything back you know he's more sitting there in shock like oh fuck you can scratch my arm and like you can like inflict some damage on me but at the same time it's like you're not punching you're not doing (laughs) anything like what like that's that's when you kind of knew that shit was going to go down i feel like it's like it's a bar right where it's here yeah so if they were here and they fought and casano beat hots even if hots gets here like casano's still here right so it's like it's just going to be this like adjacent exponential growth pattern where it's like I think it was Casano was here the whole time, and Hots was here, and now he's here. Oh, right. you know okay. what I mean? Like yeah, I think Casano because yeah, because he outmatched. fucking whooped his ass immediately. I think it's like uh, you could obviously oh, okay. get better with you know Casano's probably gotten stronger, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in general, like I think it's okay. it, 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 there were so that. many lessons that were portrayed in this one fight, and some of them were hard truths. And some of them were very inspiring. And um, unfortunately, the hard truths kind of flatten the inspiration at one point. Because yeah. it was really awesome bit. to see that Hots was like, mm-hmm. no, I didn't do anything different. I just trained twice as hard. And like that to me was fucking awesome to see. Because I'm like, Hots to me has a special place in my heart. Because Hots, out of so many of these people, is like relatively normal in terms of like, he's not from a great family. He doesn't have, you know what I mean? But like, he just trains his fucking ass off. And like, that's so admirable to me. And it was awesome when uh, Casano was like, 
holy shit, like, did you get a different sword? And he's like, nope, same sword. Just trained just twice as hard. Twice as and he's like, this is the same fucking sword. Like, the one that couldn't... And, like, that to me was just a, a testament of how much stronger Hots has got. Oh, sure. And it was just, like, incredible and inspiring to be like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, that is awesome to see how far you come. Then we realize if your opponent take steroids or, uh, you know, is <laughs> literal serves, half of a devil. Yeah. Uh, got experimented on by scientists. Um, all that training, um, yeah. kind of, I, I guess matter. we forget <laughs> that like the, de- cause I get lost up in like the idea or the terminology of like, the, yeah. he's the devil's right arm, but they're living ignition weapons. Ignition yeah, weapons are the strongest the weapons exactly. that like exist in the tower. A bold, mm-hmm. like what I'm assuming are the, um, the 13th month weapons yeah. and the most cherished, um, or yeah. So like if they were built, because scientists were like, you know what, man, ignition weapons, just not cutting it. Yeah. It's like, dude, that cap, <laughs> it's yeah. got to be basically out of the seal. You yeah, can't even man. see it. So it's like, yeah, Hots could have been here and could have literally scraped his ass off yeah. to get here. But my guy, you literally have to go <laughs> into space before you can even Facts. see where yeah, your, yeah. your bar is at in mm-hmm. terms of matching it to Casanova. It's, it's, it's like very... it, was, it was inspirational, but like also heart wrenching. Because it was like the he gives me like really he gave me like really Genos vibes from One Punch Man there where it was like oh. Genos will just get his fucking ass mollywopped by some ridiculously strong character and then he trains so hard and gets all these new components and all that kind of shit yeah, yeah. and then like That's he comes back pretty... and he still gets his ass whooped but you actually mm-hmm. see in his ass whooping how much stronger he's got yeah, yeah. Yeah. so then it's when he goes amazing. against people like on his level like Garo who probably would have beat the shit out of him the first season he's actually able to hold effectively beat him yeah, or hold yeah. his own in that fight you know so it's like Hots has made leaps and bounds which is really awesome to see and it's incredibly inspiring and knowing Hots he'll just continue to do what he's got to do until he either catches him or whatever which makes him that much more awesome Um, but yeah it was like he it just sucks because it's like at the end of the day dude you're going against a guy that's like it's like he he even said the thing where he's like I've sharpened Mm -hmm. the sword twice as sharp I've trained twice as hard and it's like he just broke the sword then (laughs) do you know what I mean like this whole time he's like that means the first fight, dog, he didn't even go as strong enough to, like, yeah. damage the... He was like, oh, yeah. the sword's sharper? All right, I'll just snap it. It's yeah. like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it was really... It was a kick in the balls when he fucking... So, so here's my question, though. How did Hots get sent up, or did he get sent up? And this might have been something I just straight up missed, and I apologize if I did. But at the end, someone mentions that Kosno found a way to get himself up the thing, and he's seen, you know, some dude has a red over his head. And I thought it was Hots for a second, and somebody mentioned, they're like, no, that's not Hots. That's, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think So, you know, I don't know if he just let him go, or I didn't know if, like, an explosion happened, then he escaped, or whatever. I thought they I said Kosno the sent Hots up. Yes. Yeah, like, I missed like, it. So missed what it. people said from the comments was there was an explosion that happened, and during that almost diversion, Kosno used it to shoot, to shoot Hots to yeah, send him and up. and send him up. So that's, um, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, which I'd actually want to relook at that panel that, that when that other guy who had the red mark he was on his, I think he's the guy that Kosno, Kosno took his bullet to send himself up. That's why that oh, panel, yeah, probably. Costno had the, the blue symbol and he had the red because yeah. Costno used his bullet to send Hots up and then he took the other guy's bullet to send himself yeah, up. Yeah, which is yeah. interesting because it's like, why? You know I what think, I mean? Like, well, why? It, it, the why is literally at the end of the fight with Costno when he was like, that whole realization yeah, to where yeah, yeah. he said, I envy someone who, or it was like, I envy the growth with the sword or something about, he was yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. said somebody whose sword grows stronger with you. I envy Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. because like it or not, the whole uh, stipulation, I guess if you want to call it with like, um, 
teddy bear and Casano is their power is it's part of them, but it's mm-hmm. this living thing that's like attached to them. Yeah. And there is no mutual like connection or growth between the two. So when he sees something like that in Hots, who like you mentioned before, Hots has this distinct advantage over people in that he's a very honorable fighter. Mm-hmm. He's not somebody mm-hmm. that's willing to resort to like, let's say the dirty tactics that like a coon would or whatever. Um, if he fights you and he loses, he's just going to train hard enough until he can fight you again. Like mm-hmm. he has this very, you know, pride driven, uh, you know, mindset. Yeah. And I think Casano sees and admires that in him. And so that's why, even though he beat him, he was like, all right, it, it was, yeah. it was very similar to like the Eurek and Bam moment. Yeah. Where he's yeah. like, you know what? I, I can, I can respect game. Yeah. Okay. That's yep. fair. Yeah. Yep. Um, did we have anything else on the, uh, um, thing the last here? thing here was just, mm-hmm. I guess, sort of like predictions on what we think Enderosi is going to do now that she has the knowledge that True. potentially Bam I want to add another prediction onto that. Okay. Um, and that, what do we think Rack's going to do as okay. well in relation to, right. do we have any thoughts Um, Well, to start with Rack, I think Rack is probably going to find some way to uh, either, you know, meet with Kuhn or like, you know what I mean? Like get in a room with him, whatever, and sort of like get the lay down. Because no matter which way you look at it, Rack still doesn't, Rack probably has the least amount of info of everybody in this getup here. And he obviously has an attachment to, you know, his friends, Bam and Kuhn, um, but he doesn't know what's going on. All, the only, the only, literally the only reason he's here is because he heard this guy, Jewel Viol Grace, killed Coon. Yeah, that's it, and he had to confirm it. Now he knows Coon's alive, so it's like, hey, bro, wha- what's what's happening? <laughs> it's been a while. Um, you're not answering my text. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I heard some crazy shit went down with you. Like, you died. What yeah, the fuck yeah. is that? Where's Bam? Like, you know, like. So I think, I think he has to have if he confronts Coon, he has to have this moment of like, give me the laydown, man. Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. going on or whatever. And then from there, I don't know if Coon is going to divulge to Rack. That Bam is a lot. That Bam is uh, Jewel by Old Grace because a uh, Rune's warning about yeah, like the fact true. that only a select few people know that because we know that Rack is probably not the kind of guy that sits quietly on info and plans a strategic you know formula of <laughs> not attack. Not at all. He speaks it, his mind exactly. So like telling him that, that Bam is right there and that like you know it probably would not end well. So he might he might actually while, whether Kuhn admits obviously that he's alive, he might be this thing he might keep the fact that Bam is alive from Rack, which like could create some more what conflict. do you think I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a twister. I actually am the other way where I believe that Rack right off the bat knows that Jewel or um Viole really? was Bam. Yeah. I think that on that side panel How? because the way the way they kind of captured his face, it was almost very serious in a sense where in a weird way, I give Rack a lot of credit because I feel like he actually understands things a lot more than people know, and he's portrayed as a character to just run his mouth because don't forget in the beginning when he first has that interaction with Bam when he saw the just the weapon in general, and, you know, he marked his whole fight about, like, you're strong, you have this weapon, like, you're my prey. He is very keen to know who his prey is at, at many moments and really judge people by strength. He has that, like... Uh, He's really good at it. We've seen it like throughout his progression of the whole show. So I feel like just by looking at Bam, he will. I he's the only character I feel like who would recognize him without a doubt in his mind. And he's like, oh yeah, that's the black turtle, or you know, just like that's the little turtle. Like, I just have this weird feeling that he knows that's Bam, and that he sees Coon, and in some way, may or may not have to talk to him because obviously there's a stipulation that Coon isn't able to talk to him because he has to play dead. Otherwise, shit will happen. So. If they do meet, it has to be in some hidden spot. But I feel like he's really just going to shoulder it for a little bit and then eventually have an interaction with him. But I have a very strong feeling that 
Kuhn's going to maybe bring up Bam, and he's going to be like, yeah, I know from the start. Like, I saw him. Like, you guys were in that same room. I, like, I'm not stupid. I just want to know the excuse they give us as to why he's baby rack That again. too. Yeah. That, because we all know the real reason why he's baby rack is because <laughs> they don't feel like drawing him, but I'm curious to see how they fucking bat. Man. They toss that one up for them. There's to no Han Song in the fucking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, wait, in the whole way this time. Like, before you go, you I'm going to give you the gift to do this on command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like, you'll thank me later. Yeah, and why would um, rack of all people use an ability yeah, like that? Yeah, like, he hates me. Small, exactly. so I'm curious. Maybe anyway, he grows to love it. Whatever. <laughs> what was the question about Dorsey? The last one. The last one? <laughs> Ian's heart is hurt. Um, uh, it was. It, what do we think she's going to do now that she knows that Bam? That a. So here's. I'm going to lead off with my prediction to okay. sort of reframe the question here. Sure. At the end of the the chapters, we Enderosi learns that Bam could potentially be alive. Correct. And learns through this by the means of the traveler saying that that guy that you thought was Jewel Viol Grace. Is Bam. So what I think is going to happen is, unlike most of the people, I think she's still going to go after this man, but if for nothing else, to capture and confirm, like, without a doubt, that this is Bam. Mm -hmm. Because I think that her connection with Bam is going to lead her, you know, into a, a state of mind that's strong enough and focused enough to at least be like, all right, like, even if he's, like, I can't, you know, I can't take the I've been in literal torment all yeah, these years. Yeah, like, yeah. If, that, if, a, if there's a shot that that's Bam, I got to know for sure. Sure. What do you think? Um, I feel like she's going to get more desperate. Actually, and the fact of knowing that there might be salvation at the end of this in terms of Bam being alive and especially on how much of a shoulder he was for her. And obviously it's alluded that when he died, she went off the rails. And yeah, now yeah. that there is some sort of like glimpse that, oh, is he back? She might just get all out desperate to the point where she doesn't start thinking things through necessarily. Sure. And it's really just, I need to do, I'm dropping everything. I need to figure this out for okay. myself. Ship them. Um, ship them. Ship them. Yeah, ship them. Ship them. No, no. Bam has to get with Yuri, obviously. He has to become the next king of the tower. And then Yuri's like, oh my God. And Bam's like, yeah. Facts. 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 I mean, come on. It's Yuri. Yuri and Endor. I mean, Yuri needs a king. I'm just that's, just, that's just what's happening. I'm just gonna say it. It's Yuri. Gavin, can you grab this monitor and smash <laughs> it over his head real quick? For obviously being a non. You're telling me if a chick like Yuri came to meet you and the first interaction that you had was her drop kicking you in the face, that you wouldn't just have your pants down in a second. And there's only one right answer to that, so no need to take your time. Yeah, I'm just saying, a bit more of an endorsey stand than a all right, incorrect. I'm just uh, I'm all more, right, so I'm if, a reunion stand actually at the end of the day, but if I had to choose between those two, I would rather see. For anybody wondering why personally. Ian isn't a part of the show anymore <laughs> after this episode, um, no real reason. Uh, he was sick. I don't know. He had to climb a tower or something. Oh, he was man. sick of the disease of the non-believers, <laughs> so we cured him by icing him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate question, Endorsey or Yuri, let us know in your thoughts. And there's only one, one right answer. Yeah. Anyway. All right, folks. Those are our thoughts. <laughs> we had a lot of fun on this Good. one. I actually do like this format, and we will try and improve this as we go along, maybe having, like, screenshots of the panels if we can. Whatever. We'll figure it we'll, out. We'll, we'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah. You know, we're, any feedback is appreciated. But, uh, again, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, share with your friends, comment your thoughts mm -hmm. down below. What did you think of this discussion? What did you think about the chapters read? But until next time, guys, thank you so much for watching or listening, and we'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Later. Peace.